Welcome, co-creators. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rob. And we are Forgive and Live. We are doing a podcast that is now called Forgive and Live, where a father and daughter who did not always get along came together and they love each other and they express that to the public. And we express how uh, our spiritual growth is our relationship is and how that relates to real world life issues like finances, physical health, and all of those other things that everyone experiences. Today, we're going to cover fear and Maya and what we think Maya is about uh, how it correlates to conditioned habitual thinking and peace. And we covered what we think is the what I think is the equivalent to Maya and uh, which would be conditioned habitual thinking and how that interferes with conscious living and making good decisions for our lives. Get rid of the entire concept of opposites attract because it's not true. It's false. I don't know how we made that a, a belief, but we did. And it is a, it is a, it, bleh. it is a limited belief is exactly what it is. Because I think when we get rid of that, we then understand what manifestation actually is. We understand what it is to be one with the universe. And it's, it's, it's how we function as vibrational beings. We attract what we are putting out. What we put out comes back to us tenfold. So if we put out that we're feeling shitty about ourselves and we feel like we've given up and we feel like we're not enough, that's what's going to come back to us. And that can come so back. So what if, yeah, go ahead. What if I don't know? What if my old self did not know? So my old self was very fearful on the inside, but I didn't know it. I was unconscious mm -hmm. and I was outwardly expressing myself very brave. I was jumping out of airplanes, rock climbing, riding uh, super bikes at 165 miles an hour. And at that time, I thought I was very brave. Now I can look back and say my vibration that I was sending out to the world was very fearful. Yeah. And I attracted fearful people into my, my life. So how do you figure that out? How does, how does an individual that's completely unconscious, full of fear on the inside, doesn't know that they're full of fear on the inside, uh, how, did, how do they come to understand that? And also I should preface that just because you do outwardly brave things doesn't mean you're full of fear on the inside. It's not a given. It's not all the time. No. There's, I, I like to jump out of airplanes now and I'm not full of fear at all. I'll still jump out of an airplane. I'll still do risky so-called risky things. Um, but I don't need to do those that maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe I'm answering my own question. Maybe if you feel that you need to do those to prove yourself, then, then that is acting unconscious out of unconscious fear. Maybe. Yes. I would say that. I would say that the bravest thing anybody could ever do is be themselves. And I am not talking about 
the physical person that is on this earth, that it's in this tin can. I'm talking about actually knowing and believing and understanding yourself and being okay with exactly who you are. I think that's the bravest thing because when we're unconscious, we're doing the opposite of that. If you, yes. if you really want to be brave, be conscious. The How does one know, and I'm going to answer my question, this is like a mm -hmm. rhetorical question, but how does one know that they are living life conscious versus unconscious? And the answer is so easy. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's crazy easy. The answer is if, if I'm conscious, I'm at peace. Mm. But anything but what? To the unconscious person, peace is not something that they understand. Oh, right. So I wish it was easy, but it's not. And I wish I could say, you know, you will know when your time of suffering is over because you suffer no longer and you suffer until you need to stop suffering. And I wish there was a better answer besides that because there's not, and I don't know how else to explain it. You know, like no one understands until they, they do this work until they have it as a life style they you you understand as much as you can but it's the experience that's most important you know i i i don't know how else to answer that question yeah and that's the ultimate question and you and i keep circling back to this one caveat which is when you're unconscious, it doesn't make any sense no. and it's ridiculous. And I think the, even the Tao Te Ching says when when the Tao Te Ching is spoken to a, what is it, like a, a highly conscious person, I'm putting it in my own words, that person embodies the Tao. But when the Tao Te Ching is explained to a mediocre person, and I'm trying to like put this into categories, that person might semi try to embody it, but they really don't do it. But when that, when the Tao Te Ching is explained to an unconscious person, they laugh at it. And the Tao Te Ching says, it wouldn't be the Tao if they didn't laugh at it. And so, highly yes. unconscious people are incapable of understanding the, the Tao and these, and, and to live a life of peace. They don't, you're right. They don't even know what peace is. What is peace? Is peace when I smoke some pot or when exactly. I get completely hammered or is, is it, is peace when I'm, I don't know, having sex? What is peace? They don't where, know. Where is this blissful mindset that you're talking about? People, unconscious people don't know how to have a mindset of peace from just their baseline without needing anything from the world. Yes, and 
I wish this wasn't so hard to explain, but if it wasn't, if it was easy to explain, then everybody would know of it. Everyone would have experienced it. You know, we're not on that level of divinity yet. As to, to have the entire globe understand what we're talking about. You know, which actually brings full circle to what I was saying that I also wanted to talk about. And this this is like a segue into it, which is yeah. I the the Maya, the veil that stops the unconscious from from entering the conscious that that stops the 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 human ability to be able to see real truth, um, the Maya that that stops uh, that. There's this veil of Maya that people get on a hamster wheel and they don't know they're creating their own karmic energy again and again. They don't realize they're repeating their life over with this with another person. They get a divorce and they marry the same person in a different body. You know, they say they 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 marry this this they're on this hamster wheel of life. They quit their job and they go get another job and it comes with the same karmic negative energy. What is going on here? And so the the thought process, what what I'm thinking, the the thing that stops a human from being able to see that they're creating their own shitty environment over and over, and they and they keep going, oh, I'm done with this, and oh, I'm happy again. Now I'm going to go get into this relationship, or go get this job, or I'm going to end this relationship, or end this job, or whatever it is. And then they do it, and they feel shitty, and they're on this roller coaster of emotions over and over. And the whole world, their family, and everybody else can look into this person's life and say, "Damn, they just keep making the same damn mistakes, man. Why don't they? Why can't they figure it out?" So my thought process on what this veil or this Maya or this this thing is that is that is blocking people's view is the conditioned habitual thinking. And it ties into the book that I wrote. Uh, mm -hmm. I think all of the answers and I remember my sister editing the book for me um, and she's you, I remember her, her slightly changing the verbiage around this because I'm I wholeheartedly believe that alignment is the answer to everything and i think my sister said this might be hard to believe but alignment is the but I, I had stated it very clearly like alignment is the answer to everything and alignment comes with stopping the habitual thought so i'll plug my book for a second stop thinking how to break free from depression and anxiety two minutes of time by rob broyles um thought process conditioned Habitual thought is the Maya. It is what stops us from seeing. Joe Dispenza calls it, uh, I think, intellectual, no, ana, ana, uh, I forget. Some type of thinking is what blocks the person from being able to, to, to know the divine or connect with the divine. And yeah. so I'm putting it in my words and saying conditioned habitual thoughts get in the way of a person being able to see that they're creating their own karmic hamster wheel and and the, doing it over and over. And when we get quiet, you just said you sat in boredom and you 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 made yeah. your mind sit in boredom. You 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 refused to let the mind and body 
get entangled and then the body starts reacting and the body says go pay a bill this is ridiculous go do something you're just sitting in boredom but boredom is an emotion it's like anger it's like fear it's like depression it's telling you that you are not supposed to be where you currently are yeah. and we know that's that's a, that's that's not in the now in the present moment is to be is to sit in that boredom for long enough that the boredom dissipates and then this peaceful mind opens up because the the mind stops it's chatter boredom 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 this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem you're bored this is uh, i can't stand it just get up finally the mind down we get through the anger the depression the fear the the boredom and the mind stops all that chatter then the veil is removed then the maya is removed that's the the thinking part is removed and then we're able to see truth yeah and it's a really it's really weird experiences like the it's it's very strange like I don't know, you, you expect things, but I'm learning this. This is a learning curve for me that I've had to learn this week that I need to ex stop, stop expecting things because they're going to come to me better than I ex expected they were going to be if I just let it go. And the only way to let it go is to sit in boredom until the boredom is gone. So then all other unconscious emotions are then also gone. And it's a very weird experience and it's not easy. Because it got to the point where it was, my mind was going, just twitch a finger. Just, just a twitch of a finger. Any movement at all will make my unconscious habitual thought happy. And it's hard. It's hard not to twitch your finger when your brain is telling you twitch your finger, twitch it, twitch it, twitch it, get up, go do something. Oh, and you know, okay. I didn't tell you this before we started, but this is another thing that I realized. I am tired. Like I was getting into these, these meditative states and I just wanted to fall asleep. Like, I feel like all of this stimuli from my phone, from my computer, from work, from other people, all of this stimuli is keeping me awake. And then the minute it was gone, I just wanted to go to sleep. Like I was just tired. I still am. Yeah, you you needed it. Yeah, for sure. We we're overstimulated. People are overstimulated. Yes, and I. And didn't. then when and then the mind. The, so the mind is addicted to the stimulation. It wants more, but the the mind body needs rest. But it doesn't know that it needs rest. It's just no. like a toddler. The toddler's having a tantrum, and he won't go to sleep, or she won't go to sleep. And you're saying you have to go to sleep ah, and they're screaming. That's what the mind body is doing when we leave it up to itself to do what it, to solve its own problems. So we get on TikTok or we do the shorts on YouTube and we scroll those for hours. 
the stimuli is going crazy, but now we've reduced our health. We, we haven't gotten enough sleep. We spent too much time in this unconscious environment of allowing stimuli to enter the brain rather than the creative expression to come from us. We're being dictated to, we're being fed the toxic world. Yes. And it's like being on drugs. It really is because you're constantly in it and you don't realize that it's happening to you. And I, like, I, I, I don't know. It's like this, it's literally like we're on drugs. It's like all of this. And this is, this is one of the conversations I told you about that I had a really good conversation with mom last night. This was one of the things that came up was, um, shit, now I lost it. Technology. What was it? Technology. Oh, yes. So overstimulation. Yes. So for so many years, these past generations did not have internet. Google came about in the 90s, right? Like, it hasn't been around long, I believe. I'm not sure when, but okay. 90s, 80s? You're right. It hasn't been around long. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we were in left field, right? We were in left field, and we didn't have Google. We didn't have phones. We didn't have anything. Google comes around. And we go from left field to right field real quick. Real quick. We go from left to right without even realizing it. And now these generations, my generation, is in right field. We don't know where balance is. We didn't know it generations prior when we were in left field. And we certainly don't know it when we're in right field. I think the, the, the experiment that the universe is teaching us is that, sure, we have external stimuli. We are human. But the point is to find the balance between left and right field. It's to find the balance between the stimuli. It's to find the balance within the limited thoughts that are in our heads the the habitual thoughts that are in our heads i think it's i think it's a universe telling us be aware of it and we can use it for good but don't go all left or all right i don't think that's the point is to be on either side i think it's to be in the middle Yeah, a balance point. It's a fine line on the balance point. And too much overstimuli is yeah. going to lead to suffering eventually. And you, when you have enough suffering, then you decide not to suffer anymore. And you finally come full circle and, and you find that peace. Yeah. And another thing. I don't know if you did this. I sure as hell know I did this. When you first learned spirituality, the very beginning, did you go like cray cray a little bit? Because I know I did. Like, 
no, was, I. It was such a difference, and I and I know people who have done this, and I think it's the left field, right field thing because. When I first learned about spirituality, like I went down a massive rabbit hole and I wanted to learn all that I could really, really quick. And I was just obsessed with it. And I, that's, I feel like that's just another example because I've known people who, who have gone down that rabbit hole and went down it very quickly. I know I was. The rabbit hole of spirituality? Yeah. I don't think I understand that fully. Explain that some more. Like, I just remember it being this big thing that I never learned about. It wasn't something that I was taught in school. It wasn't really taught in society. And it was this new experience. And I remember... When I learned, so rabbit hole is not a negative term then. Rabbit hole, you're just meaning a, a deep place then, if I understand you correctly. I think it could have turned into an unhealthy obsession. So I think oh. what it is, at least this is what happened for me. I went down this rabbit hole and I wanted to learn everything. But what I didn't realize is spirituality is a lifestyle. It's something that you have to work on over and over and over again. And I think I was just there along for the ride going, you can meditate and do this. And you can listen to Joe Dispenza talk about how he cures, you know, all sorts of different things with spirituality. And I went down this rabbit hole of, of, of listening to all of these different people. For a split second, it was it was a very short amount of time, but I felt like I didn't realize how much work I had to put into spirituality in the beginning. And I believe that I would have been scared off if I would have realized that this was a lifestyle, not a not a choice. Like I we do we all have choices, but this is this is my life goal this is my life path and this is my lifestyle and i think i was just so excited with something new that i went down this rabbit hole and i wanted to learn all that i could but i didn't realize to what extent i would put in the work and what extent i would live my my life based on this you know i thought it was now i go ahead now I know what you're talking about. I do remember that time when I dove into all the all of the material and all the spiritual material, and I thought it was a a process to be followed. And when you say the work that you had to put into it, I would agree. I didn't realize the work, and the yeah. work is the deep dive on my own mind and uncovering just how wrong my mind has been that is the part that i think you know you're saying that if you'd have known that it was going to be like that you probably wouldn't have done it because same i've had to uncover stuff in my mind that was not comfortable yeah and i and i think that's why 
you know, I feel like the bravest thing you can do is, is face yourself and be yourself after you've faced all of the dark shit. Because I think when you first get into spirituality, you don't realize that you have to face the dark shit yet. You just, it, it doesn't seem, it seems amazingly wonderful. You don't necessarily always see the hard parts to it. Yeah, the, the unconscious mind suppresses the things that it doesn't like. Yes. And so we, as an unconscious human being, we suppress these things. And oh, by the way, none of them are awful or bad. They just appear that way to the ego. So the so the so we suppress these things and then we build our life above these things and we ignore the things that we've suppressed. And then we come to these this spiritual moment and we say, oh, wait a minute, I'm gonna do this deep dive into the mind. And when we do, we remove all of this chatter that's that's above the suppressed energy. And now the suppressed things rise back up, whatever they are. I'm I'm an insufficient human being. Um, I don't like my parents. Uh, I don't like myself. Uh, I was given a bad hand in life. Um, I don't have parents. Um, whatever it is that might be, you know, I'm trying to like give some general top. Maybe there's specifics. I'm I'm a homosexual, and I don't like that. Maybe there's. Um, I have these bad thoughts, uh, these bad, angry thoughts about hurting someone. Um, whatever these thoughts are that we've suppressed, um, those things rise to the top when we remove the chatter, life's chatter, when we remove the, our, yeah. our attempt to hide them all. And so when we sit in silence, the anger, the boredom, the depression rises because it's trying to cover up this shit and keep it down in there. Yep. And then we get through that and these things rise up and then we face them and we say, whatever it is, um, I'll, I'll try to pick something that's a general topic. Say we don't like our parents. I, I think there's a few people out there that might not <laughs> like you. You certainly didn't like your father for a while, right? So no. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pick something that we can all kind of understand. So this thing pops into the mind and says, I don't like my father. And now we have to face this. And now we have to face the reasoning for that. Why, why don't I like my father? What, what did he do wrong? What, did, did I process information incorrectly? Now you got to look at this stuff and you didn't want to look at that. No one wants to look at that stuff. They, wow. It's easier to just believe the surface and go with that. And wow. no matter what it is, it can be, it can be anything. We're, you, we suppress anything. It can, it can just be that I'm an incapable human being. Maybe um, for me, I was like a C student, didn't do really well in school. Um, only, you know, I did a couple of years at Penn State, but it was an immense struggle. And so I had a limiting belief in me that said, um, you're not good at school, so you're not, you're not good. You're not a good human being. You're not, you're not, you suck. I mean, put it in, you know, my terms back then was you suck, Rob, you, you suck. Cause look at these people, they go to college and they do a great job, but you suck. So I had this limiting belief. And when I got quiet, I had to face that. And so that rose up inside of me and I had to say, do I really suck? And then if I said that I don't suck, now I have to look at the reasons for that. And maybe 
if I put that reasoning in there, maybe if society, I believe society, because society told me I sucked, right? They handed me a C. Yeah. They didn't hand me an A. So now I'm thinking society is, is my problem. Anyway, so now I have to face all of that. And then when all of that is removed, um, and that, that's removed by just facing it. So no matter what is buried, we face it and it disappears. It just goes up into smoke. It's not, it's the fictitious monster under the child's bed. It's, it's irrelevant on the divine plane. And so when we get down inside of ourselves and we pull all of that up, we realize it's not relevant at all for who we are. We're divine human beings that came here to express ourselves as ourselves. The way we were created, there's certain ingredients in us that make us who we are. And that expression you said a little bit ago, uh, when we express ourselves fully without being fearful, that's the bravest thing that we can do is to is to express ourselves. And how how is that expression? Is that expression come from real bravery? No, it comes no. from a foundation of peace. I'm completely at peace expressing to you, Hannah, right here that um, I was a C student in school, I had suicidal depression, I had insomnia, um, you hated me. <laughs> I, was, I was a scared father and a scared husband. Um, I can completely express all these things to you from a foundation of peace. I've, there's not one iota in me that needs to defend myself because this is who I was created to be. Yeah. And to even disassociate even farther, you weren't those things. Even though I hated you for the longest time, you weren't the greatest father, you weren't the greatest husband, you were a C student, but those are things that society has put on you in the physical world. They're not you. You don't have to identify with any of it because it's not you. So even though there's things in the physical world that are telling you, you suck at that. You're not great at that. That person is definitely better at you in whatever aspect is not, is, is not true at all. Because it's not the divine you. It's, it's not the inner you. You can disassociate from the two. And now I can go navigate the world. I can hang out with you. I can hang out with the neighbor, uh, people at work. And I'm not, I'm not a needy individual anymore. I, I don't need to be heard. I don't need to be understood. I don't, I don't need to defend myself. I can completely give. I can be a conscious human being. I can be the light. I can be at peace. You don't have to like me. You can like me. It makes no difference. The only thing that matters to me is this unconditional self-love that says at every moment in life, I'm going to be at peace. Yeah. And it makes it such an easier place to live for not just me, but for the other people. Yeah. So you're seeing people, you have the capability, the capacity to see people's divine nature. Yeah. Maybe we'll pop probably it's easier for you to see people's divine nature in the people that you semi get along with better. But I would say to you, um, 
there's possibly, and maybe you're beyond this. I, I don't know where, where you are on your spiritual journey. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, are there, could there possibly be people that you find it very challenging to see the divine nature and send them love, vibrational love, not to, not a card in the mail, but vibrational love. Can you be around a human being that is angry, that's um, triggering you, a work environment, a family member, um, an, an ex, maybe someone from high school that you didn't like or whatever it is. Um, that's the true test is can 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 you can you send vibrational love at all moments of your life and i don't know that that and you know i don't know where you are on that tell me about that there's <laughs> only a few people that i can't do that with and you don't have to be specific by the way i'm, I'm not asking you to be specific no no i don't know who they are but so I would say there's only a few people, but these are people that have hurt me in the past are the only people I can't do it with. And yeah, yeah. Um, so one, I used to, high school was, it was, was shit for me. And Recently, there was, uh, yesterday, this was very recent, one of uh, the girls that I graduated with sent me a friend request. If that happened, like just a year ago, I would have been in anxiety. But I could see the divine in her. She never did anything to me. I thought that she was saying crap behind my back and she thought I was a horrible person. You know, I highly doubt she said any of that, but she wasn't in my clique because I was the weird one. I didn't talk. I was, you know, anxious. So I had anxiety. And when I did speak, I sounded like I had, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I couldn't do English correctly. I couldn't talk correctly because I had too much anxiety. And so you know, there's, there's these people that are starting to follow me on Facebook from back when I lived in PA and before that would just freak me the hell out. But now it, it's totally, totally normal. Um, and it doesn't phase me at all. And I accept their friend requests. And if they'd love to, you know, check out the podcast or my business or anything, go for it. You know, I, my life's an open book, but before that was, that would have been challenging for me. So that's that's a milestone that I can congratulate myself on. But yeah, only only I think three, three people. Yeah, three, only three. And these three people have hurt me in the past. And those are the three people that I need to work on getting over because I have to work on myself to get over them. Um, but yeah, everybody else is easy. Are you the same person now that you were three years ago? No, no, I don't even, I don't even believe it was the same earth and I was the same person. I swear, I feel like I'm on a higher vibrational earth. I feel like I am a higher vibrational person and I am not the same person that I was three years ago. And I'm talking about like 
literally different person. Like I look the same. Sure. I have the same name. My body is the same, but I feel like I'm in a different reality. It, what's the chance that you will be a different person three years from now complete and won't be able to identify with this person that you are right now at all? Of course. Chances of that. Of course. That's, that's insanely high because we, we grow and we change with the universe and, uh, I wasn't the person that I was as a kid. I wasn't the person that I was when I was a teen and these were, these were suppressive times for me, but I was growing and changing, even though I feel like I wasn't. And now I feel like because my vibration is continuously rising, I am like moving through like realities and crazy, crazy shit. Like I, I totally believe that I see everything differently. Like I see the world differently. I see humans differently. I see myself differently. I, and did you have to become a different person in order to experience life differently the way that you're talking about? Did you have to become a different person? Huh? Not spiritually have to become a different person. I just grew into myself. And I will continuously grow into the person that I am spiritually. Physically, yes. I feel like I've absolutely changed because I feel like I've changed my society. And I don't mean this... Like, yes, I moved from PA to, Mar or to Maryland, PA to Vegas to Maine. So I've physically moved places, but I also feel like I've moved in different physical aspects too. Like, I, I just, I feel like my reality. So Go ahead. I'm gearing up for a question and I don't have a hundred percent um my head wrapped around it 100 but i'm tr what i'm trying to get at is there's three people that you're not able to stay completely conscious around is that correct. fair to say correct okay so after what we just discovered and talked about is it fair to say that you need to be a different person in order to be conscious around those three people? Yes, but I, it's a physical and a spiritual shift. I am the same person spiritually. It's the physical that's changing. Spiritually, I've been the same as I was since I was born. Yeah. I've just grown into my spirituality. I've grown into my soul. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that in order for human beings, and I want to make this relative to everyone and include myself, is in order for us to feel comfortable in other environments, we need to make the interchange. The world doesn't need to change. Those three oh, people yes. don't need to change for you. Yo, go on, no. You need to become a different person. You Correct. need to, to, to morph or whatever it is. And so do I. And that is the, that's, that I think is spiritual growth. When I go into these environments and I say to myself, 
what inside of me is processing this situation incorrectly? Correct. Rather than saying, this situation needs to change before I'm going to send myself some self-love. I'm going to stay here angry, depressed, bored, frustrated. I'm not going to like my job. I'm not going to like this person. I'm not going to like this situation. None of that is relative. Really, the spiritual growth is to look at this situation that's causing a trigger inside of me and saying, I need to grow here. I need to grow. I need to become a different person. I need to accept this situation with peace and love inside my heart, not resistance, because that's what that is, is resistance. Yeah, so the work is always with us. It's never with the world. And people, most people hate that. Most people are like, what? Because no, 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 no. you don't understand. My mother-in-law pisses me off or my my boss pisses me off or my kids piss me off or my parents piss me off or this is a problem. The world is the problem. And what you and I are saying is the world is never the problem. It's our interpretation of the world that's the problem. And because our interpretation is the problem, we are actively shifting the world into a light that we don't like. We're actively making the worse a worse place when we're thinking worse of ourselves. The same thing with attracting. We, we attract what we attract because it's just it, how it goes. So when you feel shitty about yourself, you're making the world feel shitty and you're probably making an entire environment feel shitty because we are vibrational people. We can sense that. But when we raise our vibration, we raise the earth, we raise ourselves, and we raise everyone around us. But, but, there is no going backwards. So even if you really fucked up, whatever it is, you're still going forward. Because that's what the universe's path for you is. So even if, if, if everything feels like it's completely lost, that's the point is for it to feel completely lost. So you can grow in an experiment or in that experiment. Experience. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Words are hard today. <laughs> but I just, I'm trying to make that point that even if we are, Raising, even if we are lowering the vibration for ourselves, for everyone around us, and for the earth, it's what's supposed to happen. Because there's, it, it's, it's the way it is. It's the universe has a divine path for us, and even if it feels shitty, it's still divine. Yeah, and to argue with that is ridiculous. That's putting up resistance, and the best thing to do is to to accept it. And when we do accept it. It opens up this enormous place of peace within us. It's bizarre. It's the most insane thing. Because I, I know it firsthand. Frustration, frustration, frustration. And then finally, I'm tired of being frustrated. And so I've had enough suffering. And I say, you know what? I'm just tired of being worried about this or frustrated about this. And then I stop and I come to this place of peace. And then the peace gets insanely deeper. And the peace, and then I say, Oh my gosh, I don't ever want to align with resistance and frustration ever again. I think I'll just stay no. at peace over everything. Yeah. There's no better place to be.
Yeah. I went to um, the, the hardware store today and I was walking around and I felt very peaceful inside, but I didn't want to feel peaceful there. It was, it, I, I wanted to be somewhere else, in other words, and I noticed that within me. And I, I, I stopped and I was like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. I need to learn to accept every place that I am with, with, without resistance, with love and peace. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I looked at that, as soon as I checked that out with my spiritual eyes, with my conscious eyes, Mm-hmm. It went away. Then there was no more resistance that that wasn't there. But, you know, it, it, it popped into my mind momentarily. And I realized it was it was the fictitious monster under the, the child's bed saying there's a problem. And I, I didn't agree in 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 any aspect. And it went away. Hmm. Yeah, that's a small thing. You know, big things are. You, uh, you know, if we have a family member that is triggering us or a, or a career that's triggering us or financial problems or health problems, mm-hmm. that's the tough ones. That's, you know, the, people are going to come back and say, no, you don't understand, dude. I have a spinal injury and I can't walk. I couldn't walk for six months. Um, I could walk for like maybe 10 minutes. I could stand up for like 10 minutes, but you don't understand that needed to change before I felt better. And I can say, uh, yeah, that, that was me. I had a spinal injury and I decided that I was going to stay at peace through all of that. Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. Was it, was it where I wanted to be? No, but I was the witnessing presence to that. And I sent myself vibrations of love, even in the middle of that, I accepted it. This is where I am in life. And it became very, it became a healthy environment when I accepted it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what else to add and I'm coming up blank. (laughs) (laughs) Did we cover everything you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Talking about peace and fear. That's my big biggest things is the the peace and the fear. I haven't put it been able to put it into words yet, but fear is not, it doesn't even that word fear is misconstrued just as much as the word God has been. You know, people have understand the word God to be this like person up in this this far off place that's named heaven that you only get there if you do certain things and you have to live this life of suffering before what, what came to mind? Sorry. I, um, I listened to, um, Bashar yesterday. I listened to one of his like seminars he did and I don't, I, I knew this, but for some reason it just sounded very profound when he said it, he said, we never leave heaven. Ever. Never. So even when your car breaks down, even when I'll throw out some really negative shit, even when there's a school shooting, even when 
you get raped, even when you get kidnapped, you are in peace. Or no, sorry, you're in heaven. <laughs> so, we are, because we are, this is the way Bashar said it, and I really liked it. He said, because we are in this physical world, we have a perception of this reality. And in this perception, we believe that we are all alone. One man for each, for, you know, everybody. And we perceive our lives as all of these negative things. But if we were to, synchronicity, if we were to remove the mask, we were to remove what is blocking us, we would see we are literally standing in heaven. We're just having a perception of this limited reality that we are in. But we physically have not moved from heaven. We haven't gone anywhere because where, where is there to go? We are in heaven. We've never left. We just I like that. I, I agree. It. Yeah. I don't know. It was just very profound when he said that. I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah, it does. It jives with us. I think because we're like kind of geared towards that for some reason. You know, I, I, there's other people out there in this world that that doesn't jive with. And um, I have less conversations with those people now. I'll still have a conversation with them, but um, I like to speak to people that understand my language, my the vibrational language. Bashar, I, I like him. You, you sent me a clip from him and I agree. I, th I think he's, I think, um, I think he's knowledgeable. I think he, he was, knows that piece of heaven. He was very hard for me to wrap my brain around in the beginning. And when I first listened to him, I didn't know it was an alien speaking through a human. And I thought this, I thought this, who was speaking it on my phone was very egoic. Like in the beginning, I was like, this doesn't click at all. And I got this sense that there was, it just, it didn't make any sense. And for some reason, something he said clicked. And then I learned his backstory and it was just like this. I don't know. It, it To me, it's like in the same realm as quantum physics. Like I understand it on the base level, but I haven't really been able to like wrap my brain around like quantum physics yet. I don't, I haven't done a lot of research into it, but it's, I feel like it's one of those things. And he, everything he has said so far that I've listened to, I completely know and understand, but he brings in these topics of realities and different earths and it's something that i can only know on a spiritual level my when i look at it physically it does not make a lick of sense to me but if i listen to him in a spiritual place i totally 100 percent agree with him like and i totally align with him but i can't think about it yeah, that's in the physical Exactly. Thought gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
You can o- you can only know it. You can't yeah. think about it. It's like the knife can't cut itself. So you can only align. You can only know it. You can only be it, and then it un- then it's understood. That that's when all knowledge is understood. That's when we have no fear. We're at complete peace. But as soon as the habitual condition thoughts come in there and take over, confusion sets in. Yes. <laughs> so true. Yes. It's very strange. I I understand, um, and I, I think you and I are both in, in this category. We we understand these spiritual things that we read, the scientific thing with quantum physics on a on a deeper level, it 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 makes sense, but on the analytical level to try to put it into words, which would which is what we're trying to do here during this podcast is translate what we feel we know into some words and it can be difficult but um i think we're both capable of looking at some spiritual texts and being able to say and decipher like oh i know how what that means to me on the deep spiritual level now to verbalize it's a different story but yes it jives with my inner being to use abraham hicks words yes yes it does it's it's very strange and I don't know why, like, I, so I learned, I don't know why I'm like in all of this, but I am. So Bashar doesn't speak English. He's not from our earth. He's an ET. He's an alien. He doesn't speak English, but he's speaking English through Daryl. Daryl is in this meditative state where he's getting pictures. So somebody asks a question. It's it's set up like like Abraham Hicks is or whatever. They talk and then they people come up and ask questions and they get answers, right? And somebody will ask a question and Bashar can read them energetically and get a brief backstory on their in their specific in their spiritual journey at this time. The question comes in English. Daryl is in this state where he's seeing the question come in in pictures, Bashar answering in pictures, Daryl puts the an- Daryl puts the answer in English and then Bashar speak English out of Daryl within seconds. I don't know why that just like gives me goosebumps when I think about it. That's insane to me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like just. And it's as complicated as the mind looks at that and says, wow, that's fantastic. It's simple for the universe. Yeah. You know, the the jet planes that fly at like 2000 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we think of that as like super fast. We're like, oh, wow, that's so fast. That's like super, that's snail, that's paramecium slow for the universe. Oh, God. Uh, the, yeah. Our smartest, our smartest computer is like the dumbest thing ever compared to the universe. But that's the point. Yeah. I mean, could our smart universe, it, remi- it reminds me of a joke. I heard, th- heard this joke. There was um, 
a scientist uh, meets up with God and the scientist says, well, God, we've we've done it. We've we've mastered everything that you've mastered. I can create a human being. And God says, oh, really? And and the guy and the scientist says, yeah, let's have a competition and see who can create the, the best human being. And God says, sure. And the scientist goes to reach down and pick up some dirt. And God says, no, go get your own dirt. And the idea behind that is we think we can create stuff, but can we create it from nothing (laughs) like the universe? Go get your own dirt. I didn't even think about that. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're playing in the universe's sandbox right here. Yeah. Everything that we do has already been organized by the universe. We're just the little pawns walking around in the universe's sandbox, playing around. And even though we're little pawns in a sandbox, sandbox, the universe loves us unconditionally and wholly. Even though we are these humans with faults, we are these minuscule things i mean we're probably the size of insects compared to god knows what the universe you know knows and with all that we lack we are given love unconditionally and that's just a great lesson to know it doesn't yeah, matter how small you are you're loved. yeah yes Mm-hmm. yeah and we have the ability to align with that and come into agreement with that and flow down the river of ease with that yeah but humans on the egoic side they like struggle they don't know that they like struggle no oh, yeah but they do of course they create stress and suffering And they'd rather stay in it. Yeah. Yeah, because you, we're lost if we, without it. We've been trained so long to, to play this role as whoever we think that we are. And then to go into that space of no thought and then accept that we are whole and healed and divine and abundant is, it's too scary for, for some. Oh, yeah. It's it's better to go back to the struggle, to the suffering, to the knowing, to the to the comfort zone, to to what we think we know. the The interesting thing is, there, there's we 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 only need to do less in order to experience inner more inner peace Mm -hmm. we need to do less we don't need to do more and it's completely the opposite of the way the world trained us to be you know no pain no gain work hard attain this but true peace is to relinquish all of those layers all of those thoughts all of those things to find our real true peace takes nothing we don't have to pick anything up we don't have to we don't have to work hard at anything we we just have to release the attachment to to everything get, get rid of knowledge get rid of intellectual knowledge get rid of things oh yeah and then we truly find peace and heaven within 
But we make this shit up. We we say, no, no, you don't understand. I have financial problems. I have a job problem. I have a relationship problem. And people continue to point the fingers and look out at the physical world and say, these are real problems. And they will find somebody to agree with them. And so another human being will crawl down in that low vibration with them and go, oh, yeah, let's pull up a chair next to each other and point at all of our problems. And you and I have learned that's not what we do at all. Um, we see problems and then say, oh, am I interpreting this incorrectly? Because this is just this is just the divine coming at me saying, how about this? Will this scare you? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Will this scare you? Uh, no, that won't scare me either. <laughs> I'm staying at peace. I choose heaven no matter what comes to me. Yep. It's the greatest place to live. Yeah, and we do it authentically. This isn't, this isn't, um, this isn't, you know, just sugarcoat or we're not just pretending. So there are times when we have to fake it to make it. I had to pretend that I was healed before my spine was healed. There is progression there. It, there we do need to make this, these, these forward thinking thought processes of I'm healed, even though my spine is not healed. We do have to fake it until we make it. But when we do that long enough, we start changing our limiting beliefs to beliefs that are not limiting and then the body starts responding then the the field as joe dispenza calls it the field changes or the universe changes around us mm -hmm. and then we start creating co-creating yep. um, and making a different life for ourselves based on changing the way we think and process the world around us it's like it's like we have to, what is that? When you, in a lawnmower, you got to pull the string back 5,000 times before it actually like turns on. Like we kind of have to do that. That's if it's my lawnmower. Um, <laughs> if it was a lawnmower that was um, correctly maintained, it would be one pull. <laughs> I guess I only know your lawnmowers then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I grew up with a lawnmower that didn't start correctly then. So, yeah. So, that's what I believe is like the 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 Kickstarter, whatever you want to call it, where you kind of have to manifest in the beginning and be like, okay, I already have this vibration now before you actually have it. It's it's the the beginning stages of it. But then it flows naturally after you pull the string. You know? Yeah, and that's the combination of the manifested and the unmanifested. That's how we play in this world. We, yeah. Many, many people play the hard way, which is, oh, I look out into the world and I'm going to have to do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that in order to reach this. But what you and I do is we say, oh, no, we're going to bring it to us by being the vibrational equivalent to it. So you and I play the game a little bit differently. We say, oh, I'm going to be abundant and watch abundance come to me. I'm going to be at peace and watch this person walk past my driveway. And then I wind up um, creating a friendship with somebody. Um, I'm bringing 
things to me um, mm -hmm. by being the vibrational equivalent of them before they happen. And so are you. So funny. <laughs> it's like I view you as this spiritual person and then, you know, I forget that you're my father and then, oh, yeah, you had a lawnmower and I grew up with you. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you are my father. <laughs> <laughs> For I think that's wonderful. I think that's a really great thing, by the way. I, I, I don't know that many fathers might enjoy that but i do i like the fact that you're capable of recognizing that you don't belong to me you came through me yeah. you're not a product of me although you have genetic traits and makeups and things but they do not define you you still have the unlimited universal wisdom that you can create anything you want so if i've handed you something in your gene pool that's not so great I don't, I don't know what that could be. Um, physical genes, you know, maybe I handed you high blood pressure or something over or some cellular disorder. Maybe there's some cells in your body that were handed to you honestly from genetics, from birth mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. They still don't define you. There's this thing called epigenetics uh, that I'll, I'm not going to butcher and try to, to talk about, <laughs> but um <laughs> that still doesn't define you you know that too you're not defined by what i gave you or what you came through your mom and i and and gathered up yeah. you still have the ability to just like a sugar pill you can believe it and be healed so if i gave you some genetic weird thing you don't have to buy buy into that at all yeah uh, if i gave you the only the only of the capacity to only be a C student, you don't have to buy into that at all. Um, none of that. You have no limitations and you know that. And I, I think that is the, the greatest knowledgeable gift that, that you could possibly give yourself is to know that you are not defined by your parents. And I think it becomes, I, I think it's very natural for me because now anyways, I feel like it's very natural to me because my childhood, I don't really remember. It's very, very hard for me to pick out anything from my childhood that I remember. And then on top of that, feeling like I'm not the person that I was when I was growing up just makes it even more easier for me to be like, like, I have to really think to actually figure out like memories from my past because I don't remember anything. So for me, it's very natural because I half of it, I don't remember. And then on top of it, I don't feel like that person anymore. So you being my father is not something that is a like a, a relevant concept in my brain. <laughs> Weird, but true. Yeah, it's good. It's very freeing. Uh, oh, you're, God, you're, you're not defined by any parameters. You're, you're only defined by the boundaries that you place on yourself, whether they're conscious or unconscious. And the most dangerous ones are the unconscious ones, the subconscious, the hidden vibrations that you don't know about that has us create recreating karmic energy on that hamster wheel and recreating bad decisions or whatever they are. That's, that's the only problem. And I, 
I think uncovering that is part, partly fun to oh, yes. see a weird uh, scenario reoccur in my life and say to myself, wow, did I make that again? I've, I need to go back to some quiet mind time and figure out what I did to create that because I don't want that again. Um, and that's okay. Like it, it's not devastating anymore. No. And the things you messed up on don't feel so big of a mess up. Right. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem so big. I love the fact that you're, you have forward momentum. I, I don't know where you're going with your life, but I love the fact that you have forward momentum. You're not a deer in the headlights. Okay. You're, you're following a divine path within your heart and your mind and you're moving forward. And I think there's nothing more important than that. Um, it's okay to like sit around and kind of figure out what we want to do with our lives and put some pieces together and be educate, educate ourselves about it. I think all those things are good, but um, you're not, you're, you're not, you're not still you're, you're moving. You have this progression about you, this energy behind you that's moving forward and it's building and I sense it and I can feel it. Yes. And uh, I don't know where it's gonna go. Obviously it's gonna go up and great and abundant. That That's a given. We know success is already in your vibration and the world just has to reveal it to you. Yeah. But, um, I can't, I don't, I can't vision, visualize anything specific. So I'm, I'm excited for you. What you feel is what I feel. So like, I feel like the gears are just turning and turning and turning. And I just, I feel like I'm to a point where I'm a little fed up because <laughs> I feel them <laughs> and I feel them and I feel them and I've been feeling them for a while. I just, but I had and you had just said earlier that you know your lesson was to have no expectations exactly. so you know the bhagavad gita so you know you don't want to have the, the the you don't want to um have a desire for a certain outcome you just exactly. want to you just want to create in in a mindset of peace and whatever outcome happens happens but you can have a divine expectation that wonderfulness is on the horizon you just don't want that to taint your work in the now. So exactly. yes, th that would block your, um, you know, channel to the divine to be able to make the correct decisions if you had your ego jump in there. Well, that was a great episode. Again, Hannah, I don't know what number we're on, but every episode is energetic and awesome. And I think we covered a lot of great topics. I hope everyone has a safe and happy week and we will see everybody next Sunday.